Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today for episode number 11. We're in a conversation series called Natural Instincts. This series is all about realigning what we naturally do in times of uncertainty, from flight to fight in Jesus. Today, we're talking about holding on for dear life. Well, here we go. This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. About a month ago, my family and I spent a weekend in San Diego uh, for our oldest daughter's birthday. She was turning 11, and I love San Diego, so that's where we went. And on one of those days, we went to Coronado Beach, which is, in my honest opinion, one of the best beaches for families. It's not as crowded and the restrooms are easily accessible. And most importantly, the walk from the parking to the water is not that far. Now, while we were there, I caught these two people who were water kiteboarding. I'd never heard of that before until then. I'd never seen it either. And if you don't know what that is, just picture someone with a surfboard holding on to a big kite in the sky and basically manipulating the wind in the kite so it can guide the surfboard. It's literally one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I would love to try it someday if I ever get the courage to do so. But I probably watched uh, these two guys uh, do this uh, kiteboarding for about 30 minutes or so. Now, you have to know that the wind that day was like super crazy. It was pretty breezy. I went back and checked, and according to the website, the winds that day were between 10 and 12 uh, miles per hour during that time period. Sand was, like, blowing everywhere. Like, we had brought food, and it was hard to eat food because we kept tasting the sand, and our our um, our umbrella kept blowing down, and I had to hold on to it. It was, it was a very windy day. Now, from my perspective, of, as I was watching these two guys, one was controlling the wind, per se, pretty well. I mean, he was he was doing pretty good. The other, honestly, it looked like he was being controlled by the wind. The first person seemed to have a pretty good grasp on how to manipulate the wind within his kite so he could go forward, so he could do some really cool backflips and front flips and side flips and all the kinds of flips that exist out there. Um, and he was taking on some pretty significant waves. Uh, it was it was seriously awesome. However, when I was watching the other guy, he was struggling to do much of anything that even resembled control. Now, about 20 minutes of this, the second person just kind of just gave up and he swam to shore and he began to pack up his gear. The first person that I was watching continued um, on for a few more minutes or so before he too came to shore and proceeded to pack up his gear to leave. And as I was watching them pack up, this thought, no joke, came over my mind. Isn't this just like the Christian life? Like when things are in control, we're good, we're well, we're fine. But when things are out of control, our natural instinct is to quit and give up. Now, I want to quickly qualify that I don't think this is true of every single Christian. I'm not saying every Christian wants to quit. But for a lot of Christians, including myself from time to time, When the going gets tough, we've all had those thoughts. Like, let's just be honest. We've all had those thoughts that, man, quitting and throwing in the towel seems like the right decision right here. 
We've all thought, like, what's the point of all of this if I'm going to have to go through all this and deal with this and endure this hardship and pain and uncomfortableness? And if you don't believe me, literally get on your device, whether it's your computer or your phone, and get on Google or whatever search engine you use and search Christians who have left the faith. And you will read about the many well-known Christians, well-known former worship leaders, Christian authors, and pastors who have decided that Jesus isn't enough for them anymore. How about this? Let's, let's go one better. Get on Facebook or Instagram and look up if you, you know, were a Christian when you were in your teenage years or whatever. Look up all your old friends who went to summer camp with you. Remember those when you stay up late and you have your cry session and you tell how great Jesus was to you and how impactful your life has been? You remember those those summer camp sessions? Yeah, go look up those friends, okay? Uh, or look up the friends you used to hang out with during youth group or maybe even uh, if you're older, your college group or whatever and see how many of them are still committed to following Jesus today for real. How about this? Take a moment. Maybe pause the episode and think about the times when things got hard, when you came up to a really difficult moment in your life and there was no answer and it seemed like God wasn't hearing your prayers. And be honest with yourself when you ask yourself these questions. Did you think about quitting? Did you think about running away, so to speak? Did you think about just leaving this faith thing all behind? If you answer yes to any of those questions, let me just tell you right now, you are not alone. And if I'm being honest, it probably won't be the last time you have those thoughts. Why? Because it's in our nature of doing things. The human nature, our makeup is flight or fight. If we think we can endure, then yeah, we'll stay and fight. On the other side of it, though, if we know we're up against an impossible foe or situation, we take flight. Or in other words, we run. But I'm wondering today, what it would look like if instead of resorting to our natural instincts and running when uncertainty shows up or in difficult, when difficult moments appear, what if we instead held on with everything we got and then some? How do we do that? Well, I love the book of Hebrews, and the writer, which is unknown, writes this in chapter 10, verse 24. He says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Now, there's so much more to this verse that we could spend time unpacking because it's so good. But I just kind of want to run with this thought. So the writer says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So here's a thought I want to run with for the next few minutes. The uncommon Christian can preserve through uncertain and difficult seasons by repeating God's truth, being reminded of God's promises, and being refreshed of God's purposes for them. I'll say that one more time. The uncommon Christian can preserve through uncertain and difficult seasons by repeating God's truth, being reminded of God's promises, and being refreshed of God's purposes for them. You see, Regardless of the seasons we find ourselves in, whether past, present, or future, we should be able to endure. And I don't just mean maintain. I don't just mean keep things the same uh, and just hold on. I mean actually grow. 
We should be able to grow in seasons of uncertainty and difficulty. Do you remember the day when you came to the realization that without Jesus, you were lost and your life at that moment wasn't what it was supposed to be? Whether you were a kid, a teenager, a college student, a young working professional, maybe a parent, or in your older years, that moment when you decided to follow Jesus was the moment when you realized the hope of Christ. Now, this hope, it's a hope that doesn't go away once we encounter hardship or uncertainty. Yet, for some reason, we tend to forget about this hope when hard times come a-calling. I can look back on many occasions in my life where I was in a season of uncertainty and difficulty and remembering how I felt like I had reached the end of the road and that there was no light at the end of the tunnel. I remember thinking there was no hope for my situation on many occasions. Now, I know that this feeling is not uncommon for many people today. If you doubt that, I would just advise you to take a look, get online, take a look at the statistics for suicide in our country, in America. The CDC reports that in 2018, there were an estimated 1.4 million suicide attempts. 1.4 million. And of that, 48,344 Americans died by suicide. And suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States since 2018. And that's just suicide. That doesn't cover families falling apart due to divorce, vulnerable kids who are left to the foster care system for care. Domestic abuse cases are on the rise every single day, and especially during this pandemic. Racial tensions in our country are at its highest since the civil rights movement of the 60s. And political partisan during this election year is causing people to reveal their true unfiltered self. Man, it can feel like hope is as far away as the universe is long. But even with all of that, guys, I really want you to understand that hope is not some wish that things would get better, or that you'll be able to get exactly what you want out of a situation. Here's what hope is. Hope is literally hanging on to God for every truth, every promise, and every purpose. Hope is literally hanging on to God for every truth, every promise, and every purpose. I love how author and teacher Beth Moore puts it. She says, Notice the word hope in Psalm 62.5. The Hebrew term literally means accord, as an attachment. Every one of us is hanging on to something or someone for security. If it's someone or something other than God alone, you are hanging on by a thread, the wrong thread. So when the, when the writer of Hebrews says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, That word unswervingly means not changing or becoming weaker, steady or constant. He is saying no matter what comes your way, no matter how hopeless it may seem, no matter how dark it gets, do not lose hope. Don't let go of the rope. Do you hear that? Do not lose hope. 
and do not let go of the rope. English theologian and historian Thomas Fuller would say it in this way. The darkest hour is just before the dawn. You and I will most certainly find ourselves, if not already, in some pretty tough situations or living in a season of uncertainty. And it will get tough and there will be pain for sure. But I want to encourage you guys to hold on unswervingly to that hope, that same hope you found on the day that you decided to follow Jesus. It didn't disappear with the changing of season. It didn't disappear with the appearance of difficult circumstances. That hope has been present and will continue to be present for the rest of your life in your faith in Christ. That same hope has never left, and you can continue to experience it daily by doing, uh, I want to give you three practical things that you can do to experience this hope and to hold on unswervingly to this hope that we profess. The first thing is to practice the daily habits of repeating God's truth. Practice the daily habit of repeating God's truth. In episode four in our series about the uncommon faith, we talked about this uncommon truth. Our world is filled with the kind of truth that leads to endless hopelessness. Seriously. The world says hate is paramount, selfishness is the new trend, and the only truth that matters is the truth you create for yourself. But the Bible gives us a better in an uncommon truth, the kind of truth that brings hope, not despair. Truth that points to Jesus as being the only way to find real meaning for life. Jesus says in John 14, 6, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. There is literally no other way. The Bible brings the kind of truth that sets you free from the brokenness and the sin of this world. Jesus says in John 8, 32, that if you know this kind of truth, you will be set free. The Bible brings uh, the kind of truth that will find you unashamed and approved before God. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 2.15 to present yourself as approved and unashamed, one who rightly handles the word of truth. It's the kind of truth that will help you love others in a way that God loves you. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, we all know this, the love chapter, right? That love is kind. This kind of love exhibits uh, patience and kindness. It isn't envious. It isn't boastful. It isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. It doesn't insist on its own ways. It isn't irritable or resentful. It doesn't enjoy wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It's the kind of truth that daily reminds yourself of the truth you believe and continue to believe daily about who God is, what Jesus has done for you, and how the Holy Spirit is leading you. The second practice and habit I would encourage you to create is to practice the daily habit of being reminded of God's promises. Practice the daily habit of being reminded of God's promises. In times of uncertainty and difficulty, it can be easy, guys. It can be easy to forget all the things that God has promised to those who love and follow him. 
I had a friend who on his bathroom mirror had a note with all of the promises God made to us. And every morning he would read it before going for his day. And every night before laying down, he would read it to remind himself of what God promised that he would do. To remind himself that God promised uh, that his promises tell us that we shouldn't fear. God will strengthen us. Isaiah 41.10. Promises that tell us God will keep us in perfect peace. Isaiah 26.3. Promises that tell us Jesus has literally overcome the world. And everything we experience it, Jesus has already acclaimed as victory so that we can take heart. John 16.33. Promises that tell us God will lead and instruct us in our steps, Psalm 32.8. Promises that tell us we can go to God when we are weary and burdened, Matthew 11.28-29. Promises that tell us that God's grace is all we need, even in our weaknesses, 2 Corinthians 2.9-10. Promises that tell us that God will fight for us, Exodus 14.14. 14. And lastly, promises that tell us all that Jesus did for us, John 3.16. And the last thing I want to encourage you is to practice the daily habit of being refreshed in God's purposes. I can't tell you how many times that I've found in seasons in which I have felt hopelessness that some part of that reasoning had to do with me forgetting the purpose and or purposes God had for me. I don't know about you, but it can sometimes be easy for me to take my eye off the prize that's waiting for me at the end when I find myself in rough waters. Like Peter, who began to doubt as he was walking on the water, when we draw our eyes off the one who redeemed us and restores us, we will begin to sink under the pressure and weight of the season. But Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, reminds us to press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward. Philippians 3.14. Peter tells us that in 1 Peter 2.9 that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that we would declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Do you under guys, do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Do you get it? God chose you. He picked you. He wanted you. And because he picked you, he made you royal. You're not a nobody. You are somebody. And because he picked you and made you into a somebody, he washed away your sins. He calls you clean and holy. And here's what it does. It makes you his special possession. The creator of the universe says you are oh so special to him. His purposes for you goes beyond anything you can imagine. So I want to encourage you to repeat God's truth daily. Be reminded of God's promises daily and refresh yourself daily in God's purposes for you. That's how we can hold on unswervingly to the hope we profess. Why? Because he who promised, guys, is faithful. I want to thank you for listening today. And if this was helpful for you, would you do me a 
favor, a big favor, and share this with others. Also, I'd love it if you would provide a positive rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast, which will help this show reach more people. And that's what it's all about. Not about fame or popularity. This podcast is all about encouraging and inspiring every Christian to love Jesus and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic, visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.